Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. You know, one of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. As the sixth in my series on being a female hockey player, I sat down with Melissa Burgess, sports writer and host of A Woman's Place is in the Rink podcast, and Danny Chikwan, adult hockey player and co-host of the Beer League Talk podcast. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major. And uh, as part of my ongoing series on being a female hockey player, I am so pleased to be joined by Melissa Burgess. Um, she is a sports writer, author, online, craftsperson, podcast host. Um, I, I heard uh, of her the first time um, I heard her show, A Woman's Place is in the Rink, which I absolutely love the title of her show. And uh, I thought it would be great to get her on. So, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, so uh, just to run down some of your credentials, I know that you're a sports writer. You write for the Victory Press. You write for Die by the Blade. You write for the College Hockey News. And I think you also cover the Buffalo Junior Sabres. Am I correct with that? Yep, I actually work with the Junior Sabres team. Oh, nice, nice. And uh, you have the uh, A Woman's Place is in the Rink podcast as well. Yeah, that I just started that this year. Love that. You know what, let me ask you, um, tell us more about the podcast and, and what was your inspiration for doing it and how has it been received so far? So it was just really a couple of months ago. You know, I I mean, I follow a lot of really great women who work in hockey or who cover hockey on Twitter and things like that. And I just kind of got tired of, you know, always seeing hockey as the old boys club and all the male hockey writers out there always getting all the praise and everything and not seeing some of these women who really deserve so much credit getting the praise that they deserve. Um, so I, you know, I had wanted to get into podcasting for a while um, it's kind of the one part of this whole thing that I'm not as familiar with. I'm, I'm comfortable with the writing side of things, but the audio side of things is really unknown for me. Um, so I kind of saw the opportunity there to, you know, create this podcast and showcase some of these women and what they're doing in hockey. Well, I have to tell you, I listened to your inaugural episode with Melissa Brody, who is someone that is, you know, obviously near and dear to both of us. I really admire the work that she does up there and, the, you know, covering the Fed. And I wish you continued success with your podcast. And I think it's, you know, the more young ladies I speak to um, that are involved in the game, playing the game at the high school level, at the college level, uh, your, out, your outlet is desperately needed. And uh, again, I hope uh, that it continues. Um, at what age, Melissa, did you first discover hockey? Gosh, um, so I would have been about five or six when I first started watching hockey. And uh, um, who? I, I guess 
I, I should preface this by just making it clear that I have never played the game of hockey. Well, you and I have that in common. I never played, and to be honest with you, I can't even skate. So, But uh, someone once told me that it worked for Scotty Bowman, so hopefully it'll work for me too. Uh, <laughs> um, so who introduced you to the sport? You said around the age of five you started watching. I'm assuming family members just gathered around the TV or the radio. Yeah, so really I always um, say my mom is to blame for introducing me to hockey. Um, She has always loved hockey. She was always watching hockey. And I I got into it right when Memorial Auditorium here closed and they were building the new arena, which is now Key Bank Center. And, um, you know, my first memories were of, of hockey were driving downtown every weekend with the family and watching this huge building go up from the ground and then going to the first game, you know, probably the first season that the arena was open. I have yet to get to Key Bank, but uh, I've been to the Harbor Center and I have to say, you know, again, the Pagulas uh, really know how to do it. I love the Harbor Center. I'm sure the Key Bank is just as nice, but again, Buffalo, if, if, for listeners out there that have not been up there yet, it is a great city. It's a hockey-friendly city. Um, I've met a number of people from your neck of the woods that have come down recently for tournaments. Places like Orchard Park, Lancaster, West Seneca West, West Seneca East. Uh, the St. Joe's uh, team has come down. Again, just super nice people, very accommodating, very supportive of the work that I'm doing down here. So, again, um, I hope to uh, get up there for more than just the state tournament in uh, in March. Um, how long, Melissa, have you been covering the sport professionally, would you say? Oh, let's see. So I don't I don't know what the the line of professionally is. Um I'd say probably 2009 I started writing about hockey. Um you know, I started blogging and then I also was writing for my college newspaper at the time. I was part of the sports section and, you know, we didn't cover the Sabres like completely, but we would write about them every week, a little piece here and there. And then it kind of just took off from there. Nice. Nice. Again, you took your passion, your love of the sport, uh, and, and you followed your dreams. I think that's awesome. Um, how would you characterize, because I know you cover the women's game in its various forms and facets, how would you characterize the quote-unquote state of the women's game? You know, What are some of the top stories uh, today as you see them? So if I had to, to say something about the women's game right now, I would almost say it's at really a pivotal point right now where we don't necessarily know what the future is going to bring. We've got, you know, two professional women's hockey leagues in North America between the NWHL and the CWHL. And not to say that the professional game is the be all end all of everything, but obviously that is the goal. And now it can be a goal for, for women and for girls who are growing up and watching these teams. Um, where it goes in the future, you know, I don't know. I mean, you got the NWHL, which the biggest story right now is the uh, Buffalo Bills purchased by the Pagulas. Yes, I saw that. I think that's great. And um, what are your you what, know, what are your talk about expansion for that league going forward? 
the CWHL just expanded and has teams in China now, so that's huge. So I think really overall, women's hockey is at a great point in its life. I uh, I I wanted to ask your opinion uh, on the purchase of the of the Buffalo franchise by the Pagulas. What are your thoughts on that? So I I'm really excited about it. I think it's a great thing. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't really know what it's going to mean, how things are going to change for the team, um, because this has never happened before. The NWHL, you know, all the teams were owned by the league, so. This is really uncharted territory, but I'm excited about it. I think the Pagulas have done great things for the city of Buffalo so far, and especially Kim Pagula in particular. She seems to really be the spearhead of the um, purchase of the Buttes, and I'm really excited to see what happens from here on out. And I just want to confirm something with you. I'm pretty sure the Devils... Um, have purchased or, or are affiliated now with the Riveters, the Metropolitan Riveters. Is that correct? Am I correct in that assumption? Yeah, so the Devils um, is more of a partnership okay. slash sponsorship. There is a little piece of ownership there, but it's not a full ownership like the Pagulas, where they assumed complete control of the Butte. I see. And, uh, it's, you know, I spoke to you before we started recording, <clears throat> excuse me, and there's an event on January 6th where members of the Rangers, members of the Connecticut Whale, members of local hockey schools are going to be getting together in my area to support a high school girls hockey league kickoff, which is leading a few people to speculate that the Rangers are now going to look to sponsor the Connecticut Whale, which would kind of make sense because the, the uh, Rangers – minor league uh farm system they play out of connecticut so uh it, it you know it's fueling some speculation that perhaps the rangers are going to look to sponsor uh the connecticut whale so we'll see we'll keep an eye on that i think i mean logistically if if that you know if the connecticut whale we're looking or we're going to be paired up with an nhl team obviously the rangers would make the most sense um i think the one you know thing you have to think about with with that kind of train of thought is then, of course, everyone goes to the Boston Bruins and the Boston Pride. But we can't necessarily assume that that would happen because there's also a CWHL team in Boston. And, hmm. you know. Interesting. Interesting that there's two uh, female uh, teams in uh, in that one city. I'm going to have to keep an eye on that and take a look at the, into that further. Hey, um, quick question for you too, Melissa. What's your most memorable moment uh, for you as a journalist thus far, you know, since you've been writing, you mentioned you started really doing this kind of in 2009, and I'm sure there's more than one, but is there a moment that kind of sticks out in your mind more than anything since you started this journey? You know, I think there's a couple, um, obviously, but just really watching the whole NWHL start from the ground up, um, being at the first Isabel Cup final, but also then seeing the Buttes win the Isabel Cup final this past season was really a pivotal moment for me. Um, I wasn't able to be there in person, but I was watching it on TV. And, you know, obviously, like, as a journalist, I'm not going to say that I'm biased toward one NWHL team or another, but the Buttes are largely my beat. They're my hometown team. And watching them come together over the course of the season and in the playoffs and winning that that championship was 
was definitely a, a special moment. Oh, it has to be incredibly rewarding. Again, as as a journalist, as someone who covers the the game and the teams, you have to try to be as objective as possible. But you know, human nature. Obviously, you know, it's nice when the hometown team you know comes together to win it all. Um, can we switch gears for a moment and just talk a little bit about the Buffalo Sabres? Because, uh, you know, again, the Rangers are more my team, but I certainly keep an eye on the sport and the league in general. And could you just give me a sense of Sabres fans' mindset? I want to say you ran a poll on your Twitter page about what should happen, and I kind of chimed in with how about an all-the-above option. So could you kind of give us a sense as to what Sabres fans might be thinking right now and what you think needs to happen in order to kind of right the ship here? Yeah, so obviously, you know, things are are rough, <laughs> um, for lack of a better word, in, in the Sabres world. And they kind of have been over the past few years. Uh, team, you know, the team is frustrated. The fans are frustrated. Players aren't putting up the offense that they think they should be. The goalie is letting in goals that maybe should be stopped. The defense is there some nights, isn't there other nights. And, you know, it's frustrating because it's year after year, it's the same thing. Year after year, we hear they're in a rebuild, they're rebuilding. It's, you know, there was a joke in there somewhere that I heard years ago about the Edmonton Oilers and how you hire an Edmonton Oilers player to do construction on your house and it never gets finished because they just keep rebuilding. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's funny. So. And, 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 you know, I'm right there. I mean, it is frustrating to see, you know, some of these close games slip away in overtime in the last few minutes, things fall apart or the team starts off good. And then just the effort isn't there. And I did, I did run a poll um, on my Twitter account um, over the last week or so. I want to say it was, about what do fans think is the move? You know, is it, do they want a big trade? Do they want the head coach change? Do they want, you know, more scoring or better defense? And I think, you know, your answer sums it up. We want everything. Right. Um, (laughs) Let me ask you uh, two more questions, and I appreciate your time. Um, If you weren't a journalist, Melissa, you'd be a blank. Well, you know what? So I don't know if it's clear um, that being a a journalist is not my day job. Hmm. Okay. Um, So I want to put that on the record. Let's do it. Um, It's all like a side hustle for me, and I love doing it. And I, but it is not. It is not the job that pays the bills for me. It is not my main job. Okay. All right. Um, Do you want to disclose what your main job is, or no? Yeah, so um, I work in development and communications for a local library system here. Okay, okay. So it's, you know, it's kind of related. I went to school for journalism, uh, so I'm using that degree, but, and then I use it obviously in the, in the sports world as my side. Nice, okay. Uh, But if I, you know, had gone a different route, um, I would be an education, uh, a, a teacher because that's initially what I wanted to go to college for was teaching. And then I, I got an internship um, my senior year of high school at the Buffalo News, which is the, you know, the big local newspaper here. Sure. I did that for a couple months. You know, I, I was in high school. You know, I didn't really do any like the heavy, heavy work, but I did some police blotter work and a couple articles here and there, you know, some obituaries and things. And really, that was what solidified it for me and made me fall in love. And 
made me change my major to journalism and, and go that route. So I, I love the story. Again, follow your dreams, follow your passion. Um, I have one more question for you, and it's something that I ask all of the folks from Western New York that I run into. Um, who has the best stinger sub in Western New York, in your opinion? Jim Stakeout. Aha, okay. All right, there seems to be a clear divide between the Jim's Stakeout folks and the Imperial Pizza folks, and then there's a few that... Tell me Elmwood taco and sub is good. So, you know, I, I just re- really at the end of the day, Melissa, I want to be able to tell the Uber where to take me. You know, once I get once I arrive in the Queen City, I've got to direct the Uber where to take me. You know, I'll be at 716. That'll be kind of my home base. But when I want to sting or sub, I might be uh, going over to a gym stakeout. As a matter of fact, the week before uh, the state championships, I'm going to run a poll on Twitter where I'm going to have like four different options. You know, someone else also told me the mac and cheese at Mooney's is really good. So, yes. you know, <laughs> that's, that's a resounding yes from, uh, from Melissa Burgess. So, um, again, this is your boy Trav and, uh, AKA five minute major. And I've had a great conversation, uh, with Melissa Burgess. Uh, she is a sports writer, author, online craftsperson, host of uh, A Woman's Places in the Rink podcast. You can find her at BurgessMelissa.com. You can find you can follow her on Twitter at Woman's Place Pod or at underscore Melissa Burgess. Melissa, thank you again so much. Um, I wish you nothing but continued success, uh, peace, health, and prosperity, good fortune in 2018. And thank you again for taking the time out to talk to me. Thank you. Same to you. And I, I look forward to seeing you here in March. All right. You got it. Take care. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and welcome to uh, the HV Pucks podcast. This interview is part of a series that I'm putting together on being a female hockey player. I am pleased to be joined by Danny Chickwan. I'm speaking to her. She's all the way out in Calgary, Alberta. So this is the real deal, ladies and gentlemen. I'm speaking to an actual Canadian about hockey. So this is what we're bringing you today on my show. We're not messing around. Danny, again, thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Um, I understand that you work for a local university out there doing marketing for recreation. You are a defenseman. You also referee. So you've been playing the game for a long time. Thank you again so much for taking the time out. Yeah, my, my pleasure to have. Um, on top of all of those great things that I do to stay involved in hockey, I also... Uh, I'm on a hockey podcast about beer league, not not quite the same as your high school guys, but yeah, my uh, my buddy Nick and April and I do a podcast called Beer League Talk, and yeah, so I think we got a lot in common here. Oh, you know, I'm definitely going to have to check out your show, so uh, before we wrap up, I want you to tef- definitely tell all my listeners how we can get a hold of, of your show, because uh, us, us podcast people have to support each other, no doubt. So a- Absolutely. 
Uh, so how old were you, Danny, when you first started skating? Uh, skating? <sighs> That's definitely before memory, but um, I'm <laughs> guessing my dad, like my dad's a good Saskatchewan boy, like a lot of NHL players. But, you know, small town Saskatchewan, all they have to do is skate and drink, right? So right. <laughs> um, he had me on skates before I can remember. I love maybe, it. Maybe four, four years old, three or four. Okay. That works for me. So you yeah. started skating, let's say around four. And I'm assuming your dad introduced you to the great sport of hockey. Uh, he did, but I, I got to admit, I was a figure skater first. Okay. That was, uh, that, that's how I learned. both, and, and they tricked my little brother into figure skating, too. They told him it was power skating. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that's how he got us to have our good you know control of our edges. And, right. that, and uh, I actually, the way I was introduced was, Watching my little brother is a year younger than me, and I watched him play when he was six, so I would have been seven, and I remember uh, the story my dad loves to tell is uh, that I watched my brother, and I turned to my dad, and I threw my little fit and said, Dad, I want to play hockey, and he turned to me and said, uh, are you sure? <laughs> I love it. And, uh... So yeah, I convinced them to get me all the gear and had my first season when I was eight years old and I have not missed a season since. Oh. Uh, so that would be 20, 24 years of hockey. Wow, that is impressive. So yeah. you are the kind of like the <laughs> Iron Man here of, uh, of female <laughs> hockey players. I love it. I love it. Um, so what do you love most about playing hockey? It kind of seems like a silly question, but in the beginning when we first started talking, you said you like silly questions, so... That that's such a tough one. Um, I guess I guess it speaks to my competitive nature. I'm absolutely will admit I'm a competitive person, and um, I don't know. It's just it's certain parts of it have just always fit for me. I have played defense almost my whole life, and I, I guess my favorite part would be now that I'm playing in men's beer league is when I get to do a pinch off like a rub out on the boards and I take someone twice my size into the boards and they're just confused as to what's happening. I love it. I love it. Cause I'm, I have a couple of questions for you about again, playing the game and how you're treated on the ice and, and throwing in the whole beer league thing. It's going to be definitely interesting. Um, so what is the, what's the highest level of hockey you played in your 24 years? Uh, I, I guess I'd be in high school. I played what would be the equivalent of triple a, but in Canada, or at least most of Canada, we don't have the population density to have high school leagues. So right. we just have our midget leagues that are more of like community zones that put teams together right. and then play against each other. Right. But I, it, I, it's safe to assume that your little community league would like probably smoke basically everybody like, <laughs> where, I, where I live. I mean, I'm just I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it depends on the community, but I'm sure, yeah, we have some we have some really strong hockey players. Calgary's got a great hockey community, for sure. Love it. Um, do you have, I don't want you to give away too many trade secrets, but do you have a pregame routine that you kind of go through to get ready for the game? Oh. Um, I don't know about routine, but I'm definitely, like, I'm one of those early, keener people. Like, I like to be there an hour, 45 minutes early, and um, generally on game day, like, I like to eat same sort of thing like I like chicken and rice and vegetables that's my like go-to game fuel love it love it you know there's definitely something to be said for getting to the rink early because I'm an off-ice official and a public address announcer for the local team and the other day there the opposition got there late and they were just scrambling and you could tell 
the coach was on edge, yeah. the players just weren't sharp, and at the end of the first period, it was 3-3, and I was kind of looking at myself, rubbing my eyes, saying, is this really happening? You know, but it just goes back to the old <laughs> adage that, you know, to be early to be on time, to be on time to be late, to be on late to be law. You know what I mean? So, again, it, it all goes totally. back to... Yeah, go, but I'm, I'm not saying that I'm there early and I'm ready first. Like, I get there an hour early and I'm the last one ready. I, <laughs> I get distracted by my conversations <laughs> with my girls. Like, on my women's team, like, that's my favorite part is getting there early and chatting with the girls, catching up for the week. And, you know, it's like a total social thing. So that's why I like being early. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm going to have to take your word for it on this next one because I have never, I've never been to Canada, let alone been to Calgary. But when I get out there, I'm going to look you up for sure. Um, the toughest, the, the toughest rink to play in out there by you. I, mm, yeah, I guess it's got to be some of the old barns out here. Like we've got one of the ones that we play in is actually a rink that used to be an outdoor rink that they just built a building around. Hmm. And I can tell you when it gets super cold in the winter, cause it gets to, I mean, I'm in Celsius up here, but we're talking like. 10 degrees Fahrenheit and Oof, lower, like down yeah. to zero. It is freezing inside. So that's, for me, I don't know. I think I got poor circulation because my toes just want to fall off. I was at an outdoor rink a couple of weeks ago. I bought some hand warmers from the local Walmart and the hand warmers, fro- the hand warmers froze. That's how cold it was outside. I'm saying to myself, no. I was I was golden through the first period. Halfway through the second, I'm like, why are these cold rocks in my pockets? And I pull them out and I'm like, <laughs> so um, that's, Brutal. Most besides your toes almost falling off. Do you have a most embarrassing on ice moment that you can share with me and all of my listeners? Most embarrassing. I mean, you ever go on the ice with like uh, your skate your skate guards on or something? Or <laughs> you know, I I don't have a skate guard story though. But, uh, the refs out here are known to be savage and not tell you if you have your skate guards on. But, of course. Um, you know, it's the classic, the classic one-on-one and getting tripped by the blue line. I swear to God, sometimes it has a stick and it just reaches out for me. I love it. Okay. I'll, listen, I'll take that. Um, the big, now, so we'll, we'll get serious for a minute here. Um, the biggest challenge that you've faced either on the ice or off the ice for being a female hockey player? Uh, biggest challenge? Um Yes, it depends on where I am, right? Like, we right now in Calgary uh, actually have the biggest women's hockey association in Canada. Oh, that's Um, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we have a five division, actually six divisions of women's hockey in Calgary, which is amazing. It is. Um, And there's like around seven, seven to ten teams per per division so we're looking at over 50 teams wow but um it's tough because we have like my team plays in division one which is a lot of former college players and stuff and it's just it's tough to get a competitive i guess uh division of of players because we've got one you know one or two teams where there's a lot of young players and my team's getting a bit older and so it's just tough to get that competitive edge i guess you know try to keep things competitive but not you know, you don't want to force players to not play with their own friends. They're going to go play where their friends are. Right. Um, same thing with when we're, we want to, my team loves doing tournaments, but it's really hard to find a women's tournament that's the right caliber for us, too. Like, there aren't a lot of Division One tournaments out there. It's all recreation. So I'd say that's my biggest frustration as a women's hockey player is trying to find competitive women's tournaments that are accessible to us. 
Right. Okay. And listen, I'm thrilled to hear the number of teams in your league, how big the sport is. Just a just a quick side note on what we're trying to do here in New York State. I believe there are four. There's there's eleven sections. The state of New York is divided into eleven sections for athletics. Four of those sections have female teams. If we can get two more sections to join, then the girls can play for a state championship, which would be huge. So next, that would be rad. Yeah, next month we're looking to do something with the Rangers, with the Connecticut Whale of the National Women's Hockey League, with a couple of local hockey schools. We're doing something for girls in grades six through twelve, just to get them out to the rink, you know, get them talking, getting them meeting each other, so we can hopefully pull off whether it's co-ops, whether it's putting schools together, but at least being able to field enough teams to create a girls-only league. So, like, asking you what's the biggest challenge, meanwhile, you've got, like, an overabundance of teams, so it's kind of the reverse issue. So that's interesting. <laughs> that is nice. Yeah, I remember when I was growing up, so I went through, I played with the boys for my first two years, and then the second, my second two years in Adam, we had enough girls in the city for three teams, and they, they divided us, like, they put all the best players on one team, and then the next and the next, and we played against boys teams, like, that's, how it used to be and now it's just I'm overwhelmingly excited to see that there's like girls divisions at almost every age now in Calgary so the sport's just been growing and every Olympic year you see it grow again because the Canadian team does so well in those the Canadian women's team you just see all these young girls inspired by that and the growth just like gets boosted every four years and that's just so cool for a sport that I love. Absolutely. Um, another serious question, if you will. Have you ever been treated differently, chirped or hit, you know, either on the ice or off the ice because of your gender? Uh, you know what? The biggest complaint I get sick of is that um, people say I get away with body checking because I'm a girl or interfering or whatever and yeah my co-host on our podcast nick will constantly say this to me that all i do is interfere but i grew up i've never played body checking hockey i've always played girls hockey and um we were taught how to do angling and rub out from a young age so i've been i've been perfecting this for like 24 years like that's a long time to work work on a skill and uh you i find a lot of the the boys who went from checking to non-checking just have completely shied away from body contact because it's it's a line that they never were taught how to like to play on the line sure. and that's what I've always done so yeah like usually I won't get called because I'm not body checking someone I'll be using my body I'll be using the momentum but I just take away their path and and rub them out on the boards or just bump them in the middle of the ice and yeah so I do get BS from guys saying oh the only reason that you're not getting penalties because you're a girl, or I've heard the opposite, which is I'll get smoked, and they'll say, oh, you're only getting that power play because you're a girl. And I'm hmm. like, the thing is, I'm five foot four. If you hit me with the force that you would give a six-foot-tall man, that is a penalty. <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's that's you know that sounds like a real – and again, I'll be very honest with you. I don't know how to skate. I've never played. But it, you know what? But neither did Scotty Bowman, and it worked out fine for him. So I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, but again, it, it – Right. No. no. It's, it's honestly a very a small portion of people who give me that kind of hassle. Like right. the majority of people are super supportive. Awesome. And like are great teammates and even play against other people. Like they'll, it's kind of funny. A lot of them will apologize to me, and I kind of look at them like – would you apologize to a male player? Probably right. not. Like, right. You don't have to baby me. <laughs> yeah, just treat you like an equal. Play the game. 
Exactly. I know you've got to head out to the ring, so I just have a couple more questions for you, and I really do appreciate you squeezing, yeah. squeezing me in. What advice would you give? No problem. To, what advice would you give to younger female hockey players that might be listening? You know what? Something that I struggled with when I was around a teenager is that some people were intimidated by, I guess, the fact that I was good at sports or that I was stronger or that, you know, I got the classic, the hockey size tree trunk legs and that wasn't, you know, what other teenage girls had. And I would just say to, to younger girls, like, don't be ashamed about being good at something. Like, be proud, be like willing to work hard and just that's who you are and if especially if boys don't like it then they don't deserve to be around you just be proud of your strength i love it and as the father of two girls of my my own that dance competitively they don't play much to my chagrin but uh you know again i'm all about empowering the female so i really like that message that you just imparted on all the all the folks that listen um favorite sport to play besides hockey uh, i'd say the only sport that i've played longer than hockey is soccer and while i will complain to no end about running because i hate it and i am not built to run i am built to skate but uh i do like playing soccer okay uh all right now this is going to sound like a silly question but you like silly questions and we did talk about this a little <laughs> bit before we started recording favorite professional hockey player past or present Ooh, okay. Well, I, I'm born and raised in Calgary, um, so I'm, I'm going to go classic with a classic and Lanny McDonald. Okay. I with lo- his, his beautiful mustache, yes. and he's still around Calgary. You hear him doing ads on the radio sometimes for local car dealerships. <laughs> so he's a gem, but i got to say, being a modern woman, that now Calgary has a professional women's team, the Calgary Inferno, and... Um, one of their players actually refs in the league that I ref, so I oh, got to nice. give a shout out to Delaney Bryan, who is the goaltender. She's a super cool chick, and every time she refs my team our year, I tell her she's my favorite uh, professional hockey player. I love it. I love it. I'll take them both. <laughs> you know, and being out here, I'm a huge fan. First of all, of NHL Network Radio on Sirius XM. That that station is stuck all the time. I love the hockey talk. I love the Canadian perspective and the angle. I mean, you know, the game was invented there. You guys have perfected it. You cover it like it should be covered. I often say to my wife, we should pack up and move to Canada because when I read the sports pages here, it's like one little corner is hockey and the rest is everything else. I'd rather come to you where everything else is like one little corner and hockey takes up the whole, you know, back of the paper. But uh, I do know who Landon. I do know who Landon McDonald is because he's always featured on those commercials. You know, winning the cup, and you know he's a fixture. He's also very involved. I know with the Hockey Hall of Fame. I think he's the guy that calls everybody when they uh, when they they get nominated. So you know, I I am familiar with him. He's a national treasure. Yeah, for sure. Love it. And uh, you know, rest in peace to uh, Johnny Bauer. I just saw that he passed away, which was uh, a big blow to uh, the hockey world. So um, yeah, for sure. All right, so one last question. Favorite professional hockey team? I know you mentioned the Calgary women's team, but do you have a favorite professional male uh, men's team, pro team? Well, like I said, born and raised Calgarian, yep. so I love my Calgary Flames. Sure. But, uh, yeah, uh, the Flames are my number one, but my number two, my dad moved to Tampa about 
a dozen years ago or so to remarry. And so I get down there once or twice a year, nice. and I get to go watch the Bolts play. And so I'm a big Bolts fan, too. How is that arena, by the way? Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It makes me jealous up in Calgary. Like, we, we, we're begging for a new dome up here. But, um, yeah, no, down there, just the, the stark differences between a, a Canadian <laughs> – cold wintry season versus going down to tampa and wearing your shorts to the arena yeah it's something else for sure i was gonna say shorts and flip-flops walking out of an arena and going to the beach and having like a bud light lime or whatever it's just got to be a different (laughs) different experience so all right yeah you can't you can't build a rooftop patio in calgary in an arena it just would not work (laughs) i haven't been down there but i got a buddy that does a blog all about the Rangers, and, and he's been to the Tampa Arena. He's been to the arena where the Panthers play. He's uh, he's actually going out to Vegas uh, next week to watch them play the Rangers, and uh, he's been to Montreal a couple of times, Detroit. So he always chronicles his visits with, uh, you know, and he raved about that Tampa rink. That's why I was asking you about it. So, oh, you know, yeah, it, it's gorgeous. You got to hit it. And uh, so, again, as we wrap up, I really do appreciate you taking the time out to speak with me, Danny. Uh, this is Danny Chickwine. She plays the game. She refs. She's been playing for 24 years. But I want to make sure that my listeners and my followers know where to find you and your podcast. So take it away. Yeah. Uh, so our podcast, again, is called Beer League Talk. You can find us at BeerLeagueTalk.com or on almost any social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, YouTube at Beer League Talk. I love it. I'm actually going to follow you on Insta right now. And if I'm not, I know I'm following you per se on Twitter, but if I'm not following Beer League <laughs> Talk, I'm going to follow it. And uh, again, this is your boy, Trav, AKA Five Minute Major. This is again, a, a part of an ongoing series on being a female hockey player. I'm really trying to just shine a light on all the good things that are happening in this great sport. And again, Danny, I cannot thank you enough. Um, I hope to run into you one day in person, whether it's up there in Calgary or whether it's down in Tampa. Cause I have a brother-in-law that li- that has a vacation home in, um, Naples, Florida, which isn't too far from Tampa. So if I'm going to be down there, I know you're going to be down there. Hopefully we can hook up. All right. All right. Sounds good. Trav. Thanks so much for having me. Listen, it was my pleasure and a uh, happy new year. May 2018 bring you, uh, health, peace, prosperity, and all good things. <laughs> Big fan. Have a good one. All right. Hey, and go, right, go Flames, right? I'm going to root for the Flames out of the West. Yes. <laughs> the Flames and the Golden Knights are my two teams out West now. I'll keep an eye on both of them. Love it. All Big right. fan. <laughs> Take care. Be well. Okay. Big fan.